It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. What is up? Welcome to another edition of Hanson's Hints here at FantasyPoints.com. I am John Hanson, our guy Trey, behind the glass producing this live stream. And normally with the title Hanson's Hints, I'm John Hanson, normally supplying the hints. But today, a very special guest here, kind of a tradition, ESPN NFL insider Adam Schefter. I've known Adam for over 20 years. He's big into fantasy and he's the best information man on the planet. He's in the car traveling. This is maximizing time, Adam. How are you? What's up? Hello there, John. Hello, Trey. We are on the way to Bristol here. We have a fantasy football marathon on ESPN the next couple of days. So lots of fantasy talk and we might as well start it right here right now, John. I know that you like to just kind of take off your insider cap when you and I get together and just chop it up, talk football, talk fantasy. But, you know, we do have to hit on some of these pressing issues that I'm sure you're going to be dealing with uh, for the ESPN Fantasy Marathon. You know, Jonathan Taylor, one of my favorite all-time running backs of the last 30 years, honestly. You know, but looking at the situation, and Mr. Kaplan, Adam Kaplan, is kind of with me. You know, it's weird. It seems to be trending in the right direction. But what are your thoughts on this? Because this is a little scary to me. I think it's the ultimate boom-bust pick right now in fantasy. And it's the biggest storyline in football to me. Because he's not happy there. And if he's in Indianapolis this season, I don't want any part of Jonathan Taylor. As great a player as he is. Because he either has to get paid for me to draft him or he has to get traded and then his value goes way up. Now, if you think that he's going to be traded and you draft Jonathan Taylor right now, you've hit the jackpot because you could probably draft him, I'm going to guess, between 35 and 40 right now. Average draft position. That's about right. And if you could draft Jonathan Taylor between 35 and 40 and he gets traded somewhere, wow, you just hit the mother load. The risk with that is if he doesn't get traded and he's stuck on Indianapolis and he's not happy and he doesn't get paid – you're on a losing asset at that point in time. Yeah, I have heard that there, there have been some some trade rumblings and rumors. Um, no fifth-year option, right? So that they lose a little bit of leverage there because Taylor was not a first-round pick. Have you heard of any trade scenarios? Because honestly, Adam, I have, I have heard some rumblings about Miami potentially kicking the tires. Well, John, the question isn't whether other teams would be interested. I could give you a slew of teams that would love to have Jonathan Taylor. The question is whether the Colts would be willing to trade Jonathan Taylor. And we'll go by what Jim Irsay, the Colts owner, has said so far. They're not going to do that. Now, it's great to say they're not going to do that. Teams can revisit that. But to me, I don't see Jonathan Taylor, a happy, content Jonathan Taylor, playing this season on the fourth year of his deal. Either you have to pay him or you have to trade him, one or the other. I think he's made that clear. Like, he was in New York all last week getting his ankle injuries examined. I'm sure his hamstrings might act up. His shoulder might be sore. There's a lot of things that can go wrong with a running back, John. And so, unless he's getting paid, I would imagine his body may be nagging him all year long. And that's the only recourse these players really have at this point. That's it. 
So now, if the Colts don't want to pay him, he's got to, and they want that's their business. Well, then he's got to do his business and make sure that he's protected for when he can get paid, right? I just don't understand why they can't offer him like a deal Nick Chubb got, you know, outside of the the rookie contract. But let's move on to like Josh Jacobs. Do you look at the protocol, if you will, that the Giants already laid out? I feel like there's a solution that should appease both parties because it happened with Saquon with the Giants talking Josh Jacobs with the Raiders. I don't think Josh Jacobs cares about what happened with Saquon Barkley, who caved into the Giants, basically. Okay. Like what, Sa- what Saquon Barkley did for the Giants was a huge favor to the team, his teammates, yeah, the organization. True. Like, great job by him. Honestly, from that day, I applaud him. I applaud yeah. him. From a business standpoint, I don't think Josh Jacobs wants to mimic what Saquon Barkley did for a second. You know, from okay. a team standpoint, great. It endears him to fans. People love that he's back. He's respected. They wanted him back. What he did for the team was great, great, great. From a business standpoint, just the opposite. He basically took that one-year deal, added $900,000 worth of incentives on top of the franchise tag, and turned down one week earlier $23 million in guaranteed money. Now, True. if it was me, I would have taken that $23 million guaranteed a week earlier. He didn't do that. He took a in my mind, a deal that was lesser. Now, I may be proven wrong, John. He may yeah. go crush it this year, hit the free agent market, or negotiate a deal with the Giants with more guaranteed money, bigger APY, all that. And then I'll be wrong. But I just yeah. think in this running back market, the smart approach to take is to take whatever you can get when you can get it. And if a team is offering me $23 million in guaranteed money, I'm taking that. How about J.K. Dobbins? I mean, he's in the final year of his rookie deal. I don't feel like he has near the leverage that a Jonathan Taylor has, so maybe that one gets resolved and he just at some point reports, right? He and Jonathan Taylor both have a serious case of contractitis. It afflicts those who want new deals and don't have the deals that they currently want. Now, at some point in time, I believe you'll see Baltimore just activate J.K. Dobbins and say, you know what, we think you're healthy to play, and once we activate you, you have no choice but to be on the field or we're going to find you. So I I think that they're going to kind of take back the upper hand at some point here in the next week or so, and they'll wind up activating him. That's my guess as to how this plays out. We'll see if it actually plays out that way. And J.K. Dobbins, I think, will be back on the field, though he's not happy with that or new deal either. And now we're back into the same situation that we discussed with Jonathan. Jonathan Taylor, though, maybe not quite as extreme. Chopping it up with ESPN's Adam Schefter here. He's on his way to Bristol for a lot of work, a lot of fantasy football-related work. And Joe Burrow, one of my favorite all-time quarterbacks already, I called him the next Brady before he took a snap. I know that's a bold statement, but uh, I was worried about that groin injury. I remember, was that last year or two years ago, you got seriously injured doing the gritty on Monday Night Football, which I thought was – it made me feel good because I tore my calf muscle racing a 16-year-old uh, several years earlier. Just pathetic. But I watched Burroughs limp off. I'm like, oh, no. But, of course, he's a 24-year-old well-conditioned athlete. Uh, do, you, do, you, do you have any concerns about Burrow like early in the season with this calf? Well, let me say this, John. That Basically, you have a situation where – um, I saw, and I said this on my podcast this week, the Adam Schefter podcast, if I could plug it, but I said oh, on my yeah. podcast this week, 
the most important highlight I saw all weekend in preseason week one was Joe Burrow pregame. I saw him step back, throw the ball, and I said to myself, I cannot imagine somebody who looks like that isn't playing a month from now in week one. Now, I have had calf injuries all throughout my adult life. I don't play football, but I like to jog. I like to run. My calves, every couple of months, they tighten up, they pull, and when they do, I'm out of commission for a few weeks. I've had it happen to me a hundred times. I'm not exaggerating. Wow. Um, But I saw that highlight of Joe Burrow, and I said to myself, they're just going to keep resting it. They'll be smart with it, as they should. But there's, in my mind, next to no chance he's not playing in week one. No question. Now, I I was limping for 11 months, but of course, I was also 47, uh, Adam. Uh, How about a couple of other injury guys? Like, how about Javante Williams? I know, you know, you're a longtime, you know, Denver guy, you know, I'm, I'm not sure how you are with Sean Payton and all that, but man, it almost seems too good to be true with Javante. This is a pretty surreal recovery and fast comeback, don't you think? Look, the guy's been practicing. They haven't held back on him. I think if you have concerns about drafting Javante Williams, they should be appeased. Uh, it sounds like he is where you would want him to be for this upcoming season. He's come along very fast. I think he hurt his knee five weeks before Brees Hall. And, and I think Brees Hall is going to be out there on opening day. Now, I don't think okay. he's going to be full strength. I, I don't think he's going to ha- get a full workload. But I would be surprised if we didn't see Brees Hall in some capacity, limited capacity on opening day. That's great news because I haven't heard anything bad or negative about Brees Hall. It's just they're kind of cautious right now. Maybe they don't know how strong that knee is. And maybe, by the way, Izzy Abanacanda, I love that kid, by the way, um, maybe they don't need Dalvin Cook, right? Izzy Abanacanda, Michael Carter, and Brees Hall, you know, what do you think here? I mean, this is a little weird. Dalvin, Fournette, Zeke, I mean, the Cowboys have to get in here. Or are our teams just waiting for – are these guys just waiting for some sort of injury, it seems, at this point? Well, you know, here's the deal. Do they need Dalvin Cook? No. But here's the deal. The quarterback gave back about 30-plus million dollars. The quarterback would like Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook would like to play with the quarterback. So when the quarterback's giving you his money and the quarterback wants him, it's not like he's saying you have to go sign him. But I think that that goes away. You never could have enough great players. Dalvin Cook is a great player. And if you could add him, you go do that. And he wants to play in your city, you go do that. But, yeah, do they need him? No. They're pretty good back there, but you can never have a Never have enough great players. He's a great player who wants to be there right now. I really think the Cowboys have to add someone, though. I mean, they're they're looking a little bare right here with Tony Pollard and Deuce Vaughn. Like, I, I'm just kind of waiting around for that situation. What are your thoughts? I mean, are they adding? Are they adding someone else? They have to, right? I, I it doesn't sound like they are right now. And I'll say this to you: watching Deuce Vaughn over the weekend, wow, yeah. wow. I love somebody my size going out there and making people trying to cover him look silly and breaking their ankles. Like that guy, that was Darren Sproles to me. That's what he looked like. He looked like Darren Sproles. So if you could take Tony Pollard with Malik Davis, with Ronald Jones, I mean, yes. Do I think Dalvin Cook makes more sense in Dallas than the Jets? Absolutely. Do I think he's going to sign with the Cowboys? No, I don't. Dallas feels like 
it's pretty set back there. Dallas has got a lot of other areas in which they have to spend money, a la Zach Martin, C.D. Lamb, Terrence Steele, Dak Prescott, mm. not to mention Micah Parsons. Wow. Like, they got a lot of places to spend money. They're not spending it on Dalvin Cook. So they're going to ride with what they got right now. Could they pick up somebody else, you know, who doesn't make a team who makes an impact? Sure, that, that always could happen. But if you're waiting for them to sign Dalvin Cook or somebody like that, I don't think it's going to happen. Like, Zeke Elliott, to me, still makes sense there. Yeah. But I was there last week in Cowboy. I didn't, I didn't hear his name much. Um, wow. Now, again, something could change. But uh, it seems like they want to ride the guys they got. And that guy, Deuce Vaughn, I love that guy this weekend. Okay, wow. there it is. Yeah. I mean, I, it, it's almost surreal watching him out there. I, I mean, he might even be smaller than Darren Sproles. Well, how about some of the other storylines here? You know, last year we did this podcast, and I love Sky Moore. You, you poo-pooed it a little bit, and you were right. I mean, I overrated it, but Juju gone. How about the vibes here? You know, per Fantasy Points data, I know uh, you've been kicking around there and checking out our new data suite here. Like, KC led the league in slot receiver targets – Kadarius, not not reliable. Uh, what have you heard about Sky Moore? Because I think he's a sleeper receiver of the year. I know you love Sky Moore, and I'll give you a, one more piece of evidence as to why Sky Moore may hit. I had him on my teams last year. I drafted him, and I'm almost always one year too early on a guy. So if I had him last year and he crashed, uh, then the chances are he's going to rebound the next year and, and do something very uh, impressive. And – Scott Moore began to show out last year at the end of the season. He scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl. They began to lean on him more and more. And I just think it's a case where basically they've got to come up with somebody somewhere, right? And he makes as much sense as anybody else. But I I watched them on Sunday against the Saints. It looked like everybody makes plays. Like Richie James makes plays. Rishi Rice makes – am I pronouncing his name? i got to familiarize myself with Rishi Rice. Rishi or – Rishi. I say Ray. I've interviewed him at the combine. I called him Rishi. He didn't correct me, so I'm going with Rishi. Okay, well, Rishi Rice. We got him. Uh, Justin Ross is another one. It's like there's nobody in there that you go, wow, this guy's great. But you got Travis Kelsey as the guy, and Jarek McKinnon catches passes. It just looked like everybody could do something. Now, there's nobody yeah. at the outset that looks like, okay, I got I to gotta have this guy, but I'm not worried about Patrick Mahomes having enough bodies to find targets to throw the football to. He, he's going to make it work with whoever's out there. I just love all the answers this guy Moore has been given all offseason. Like, he talked about, you know, a little in over his head last year. Like, he comes up from the Mac. You know, those guys need a little bit of an adjustment. You know, he just hadn't yet, you know, grasped the nuances of the position. Like, you get this kind of coverage. Pat's expecting you to do this and that. And they've been working on that. So, I, I feel very good about that. What about a, another one of my favorites, um, Rashad White, another unbelievable guy. Had a little scare yesterday in practice, but he's out there this morning, Adam, as you probably saw. Uh, do you like Rashad White as a pick? I know how much you love. John, anytime you love somebody as much as you love Rashad White, uh, I'm on him. And, and if we go through and we look at like the best bowl drafts that I've done this offseason, I have a fair share of Rashad White. I like him. I, I think he's a, an excellent fallback spot. He's going, what, around ADP 70, roughly? Yeah, maybe even a little later. Yeah, yeah. I got I, I got no problem taking him all day long in that spot. Um, particularly if you want to load up on wide receivers, tight ends, quarterbacks early. Like, oh, yeah. he's a great, great running back alternative. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan. 
How about in Denver? We talked Javante, but I know you're always, you know, pretty close to Denver. I was not feeling it with Russell Wilson last year, but I have kind of been in here. I know Russ is still declining player, probably not as good, you know, but I feel like he got embarrassed a little bit last year and he's a little bit more motivated, slimmer trimmer, Sean Payton, of course. Uh, your thoughts on Russ? Bounce back? I like Russell. I, you know, there, there are a few teams that were so bad last year that I think you look at those guys as being discounted this year. And, and Denver, to me, falls into that category. Now, again, would I feel comfortable coming out of my fancy drafts with just Russell Wilson as my quarterback? Oh, yeah. No, that would worry me. But would I have zero hesitation about taking Russ? I would have zero hesitation. I, I do think he's going to be better. I do think that they have talent. I do have that much faith in Sean Payton turning around that offense. And I think Russ knows what's on the line and the significance and importance that this year has to him. So to me, the Denver Broncos, yeah, they're, 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 they're on sale. Like there are a few teams that are on sale right now, right? Denver, yeah. Atlanta, New England, uh, on sale, Tampa on sale. Now, not all of them are going to work. We know that, but when you've got Sean Payton as the head coach, I'm happy to bet on him every time like that in fantasy. Uh, absolutely. How about the Chargers on sale? Justin Herbert was the QB3 last year. I, I wasn't back in that, but now he's like QB7. I'm back in it because Kellen Moore, Adam, what do you think? I, I, I also uh, uh, agreed. Uh, Justin Herbert, I think he's in line for a big year this year with Kellen Moore. And, you know, last year, do you remember how banged up they were like, I had Justin Later. Herbert as a rookie. I had Justin Herbert as a rookie quarterback in fantasy, and then last year I had him on one team too. It, it just looked like, you know, his ribs were beat up. He yeah. lost. He lost Rashawn Slater. Uh, yep. There were injuries everywhere. It just looked like they were hanging by a thread last year. That's what it felt like to me. And that now they come back. And if they, stop me when you've heard this before, but if they could just stay healthy. He's going to have a big year, a big year. So, Massive. yes. Yeah, I, I I, do like Justin Herbert. Yes. How can you not? We're, we're all on the same page here with ESPN NFL insider uh, Adam Schefter here on Hanson's Hints here, uh, bouncing around a little bit. How about the vibes with the Giants and Darren Waller? Like, he's already shown one thing, Adam. He's still got it. I don't know if he's going to stay healthy, but he's still got it, and the Giants – are looking at him as like their number one receiver. So I'm I'm normally an ageist, but I'm buying Waller. How about you? I, let me say this. I buy Waller every year, every okay. year, and I buy him on talent alone. The guy is a total freak, okay? He's got incredible speed, hand, every everything. And, and I love him as a guy. I love what he stands for. I yeah. love what he does, the work in the community, like everything about him from a purely fantasy standpoint he has not lived up to what he's the attributes that he has for injuries performance contract whatever it is th there's always been something that gets in the way of all that and nobody's got more talent and nobody's a bigger fan of his than me but purely from a fantasy standpoint um i i i've drafted him every year almost every year and every year there's been something that's gone a little wrong now this may be the perfect storm, and it may set up great, but I, again, I, I just I don't know what it is, but 
Well, he's a former wide receiver, and he runs by people, and he's a baller. John, that, none of that's the question. None yeah. of that. My, my point to you is from a – again, I want to be very clear. There's not a bigger fan of him as a person and a player than me. Right. Okay. I'm just – from a fantasy, he has not put up the fantasy production to match that so far. That's all. Like, there are games you look at him and like, he should be – Eight for eighty-four and a touchdown every week. Like yeah. he should be, he should he should blow away the production of Travis Kelsey, really. Right. And he and from a fancy stand, he just hasn't. Now maybe this will be the year. It could be. I'm yeah. rooting for it. I'm rooting for it. But fantasy wise, it just seems like there's always something that just is a little off. Oh, for sure. But it's a little discounted too, the price. I mean, he was like a third, fourth rounder. Now you can get him like seventh, eighth round. Well, that um, that 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 is a steal. That what is his ADP right now? About oh, 75, it's like 73. 73. Yeah. See, and I I'm used to taking Darren Waller. You got to take him around two or three. Exactly. Exactly. So, so it's well, way down. Yeah. I, yeah. That that's a fair it's sort of like Kyle Pitts, right? Oh, that's where I was going because you mentioned the Falcons on sale. I'm in on Pitts. I was not last year. I'll take Pitts over Waller, but it's close. What, what are your thoughts? Is this the year for Pitts? I had Pitts last year. Picked him uh -oh. in the ESPN War Room League 16-team draft. Ooh. Took him in the second round. When you Ruined take your Kyle draft. Pitts, what's that? When you take Kyle Pitts in a 16-team league with your second-round pick last year, you're done. You're done. You're done. And I was done. You got a whole grudge? I'm trying not to. I'm trying not to, John. I'm trying not to, okay? That's good. How about Bijan? You know, like, I'm not into him at eight overall. I'm just – I don't – I like to see Arthur Smith fully utilize this guy before using a top ten pick on him. What are your thoughts on Bijan? There, there are so many people that are so in love with Bijan. I have the voice of a certain evaluator in my head saying that, yes, I like Bijan. But he's not as good as Saquon, McCaffrey, and Zeke when they came out. That that's what that's what's going off in my in my head. He's wow. a notch below that those guys. Now he may come in and prove to be better than all those guys. We don't know. That's the great part about this, right? But I remember a respected evaluator right before the draft telling me that, and uh, he's like, "I don't see him in that top ten running back tier," and that's where he went. And so when you go there, people have big expectations and lofty hopes for you right to see what you're going to do and we're going to find out right uh, i'll tell you this it's hard to imagine that Bijan robinson will be really good and kyle pitts won't be right, right. like if Bijan's good the offense is going to be good they're going to all rise up together literally all rise up in atlanta and if Bijan is not living up to his draft hype and status then i, I don't know that pitts will either like that offense has got so many question marks so many talented players. So many talented players. Yeah. Speaking of talent, where are you on Jordan Love? Because I'm I'm kind of feeling it. I'm a Jordan Love buyer. buyer. There you go. Buyer. Now me too. Uh again, if we look at my best ball drafts, I probably have as much exposure to him just because of the value of it as anybody yeah. else. Like I like his ADP has been about what is it, like 150, 160? It's like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's he's a free pick. He's a free pick, right? So yeah, he he's been my second quarterback in a lot of drafts. Am I building my fancy team around Jordan Love? Is he the first quarterback I'm picking? No. Do I have any problems betting on that guy as my second quarterback, hoping that he rises? I think he's going to be pretty good. I really do. 
And by the way, I, I think he's got the right disposition for the job. Like we spent some time with him last week in Cincinnati and just, I liked the vibe that that Me guy too. Had. I've always liked the vibe. Yeah. You know, he just, with this kid. I like the way he handles himself. Uh, I like what people say about him. Uh, I, I think I think he's going to be I think he's going to be very good. And I've talked with multiple people. Your your colleague Rob Domofsky, who I've known forever too. Like from all accounts, like the light bulb went on a little bit last year. It's going to be a little uneven, but man, he is very talented. So there'll be some great moments here, Adam. How about in San Fran? I, I know you uh, pretty close to that organization. How about Brock Purdy? Like he's the guy, right? Not even a question. It's okay. not even a discussion. Brock Purdy's their guy. If he's healthy, yeah. he's the guy. Period. Like, I can't even believe that that would come up. You know, it's Brock Purdy's job. As long as he's healthy, and they're comfortable with where he's at right now, and he's on track, and he's done everything that they thought he would, and he's ahead of schedule right now. As long as he's healthy, and that elbow holds up after undergoing off-season surgery on the ulnar collateral ligament, he is the starting quarterback. Not even a question. Not a competition. Not an issue. He's the guy. Boy, that's disconcerting for uh, Trey Lance, though, because, you know, Port Purdy was great, but, you know, I would have expected maybe a little bit of a battle. But for them to retain, do you think that speaks more to Purdy's ascension or Lance's, you know, lack of progress? Purdy has risen up and seized that job and and become the guy, you know, just the way he handled himself. And And I'll say this, that – you know, while Trey had some uneven moments in the first preseason game against the Las Vegas Raiders, they are really pleased with the jumps that he's taken this summer as a quarterback. Like, he made a lot of progress. He was working uh, with Patrick Mahomes and Patrick Mahomes' quarterback coach uh, down in Texas. He, he's really uh, – he's he's getting rid of the ball faster. He's healthier. He doesn't have a finger issue that he had before. He, he looks much better – according to the people there and and they're they're really pleased with where he's um improved to but but brock purdy's still the starting quarterback there you're on the clock in the espn war room league i don't know round three two you're you really want a wide receiver uh Ayuk at 50 or debo at 35 overall i'm good with both you know i'll say this when you said i'm on the clock for espn pick the, there's not a pick that goes by uh, where my heart's not pounding and racing and the adrenaline's pumping. <laughs> okay? I love, hey, I, I'm with you. I you want to win that league badly. I've never won it. You know, I've, I've won the basketball title three the last four years. I've never won football. I've had, I've had some abysmal teams like last year. I've had some great teams uh, that, that flamed out in the playoffs with awful performances at the wrong time. And, and that's the thing about fancy football. You got to be good and you got to be lucky, both. It's got to align for you just right. It has never aligned for me in uh, the 14 years I've been there. Uh, basketball, uh, I don't mind saying I'm a single, I, I'm a dynasty there, John. Three, three yeah. and four years in the year I lost, uh, I got edged out in the finals when LeBron missed a field or Derek Fox, the Aaron Fox missed a field goal. Uh, in the final minute against the Lakers, and I lost the field goal percentage category. Otherwise, I'd have four straight NBA war room titles. Four straight. Wow. That is a wow. dynasty, John. That is a dynasty. But that is a football, dynasty. Football. That's a dynasty. Football. You know, we're picking Kyle Pitts in round two. 
what are we doing? You know, like, come on, let, let's get this together. This, this come on, hoping, man. Yeah, this, we're, yeah this, this, we're really hoping that this is the year. I'll say this. I mean, the fancy gods, they're not going to let me have two crappy fancy football years in a row. They're just not going to do it. You're due. Right? You're due. I, I am due. And I, I'm just telling you right now, like Deion Sanders says about, see, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm telling you right now, John, I'm coming. Well, I just to, if I can add something here, as as actually technically, I was the first person to do any fantasy content for ESPN, starting in 1996. So I, I've got some, you know, I'm I'm on the fringes there. If you take Sky Moore, you're going to win the league this year, Adam. That's that's all I'll say to you. If you listen and take Sky, listen to me and take Sky Moore, it's going to be. John, we, we are going to compare our must-have list. We are going to do that, oh, right? We do. At some yeah. point in time here. And and my draft is the Wednesday before the Thursday opener. So 24 hours in advance, we'll be drafting. We'll be we'll be in touch before then, guaranteed. Yeah. And uh, we'll be coming up with the must-have. I, I already have a few must-haves. Um, okay. Well, there was that one year a couple years ago. We, we compared. You said, give me your top five must-haves. That's it, five. And I'm like, okay, here's the five. And then your list had four of the five. We were on the same page. So we'll be on a similar page this year of guys that I must have. Uh, I got to see my draft position. It's amazing. And, you know, you got you to gotta be good enough to overcome. But I don't think I've ever picked inside the top 10 in the ESPN league in like the last decade. Like wow. 16 teams, I'm usually around 13 or 14. And like last year, it came around and I, I was taking, I think I had picked 13. And C.D. Lamb, his ADP was like 18. I was taking C.D. Lamb all day long. He's a great pick. It would have been a great pick, except right in front of me, one slot in front of me, oh. Chris Mortensen took C.D. Lamb, and mm. I was completely – I was – I John, I was unprepared. And so wow. you know what I did? And you know what I did at that point in time? I bought into the hard knocks hype and took DeAndre Swift. And so yeah. my first two picks were DeAndre Swift and Kyle Pitts. And there oh. goes the season. Could have been. I mean, those are sexy picks. You know what I mean? Like, it could have hit for you, but unfortunately it didn't. Well, you know what? I know you're getting ready to go to ESPN. We got to, I'm going to run here, let you go. I, I wanted to work in something about drafting quarterbacks and my thought process and related to like Justin Fields and even Lamar Jackson. Over the last two years, I've been out on the cheat code running backs if they're costing you know, like fifth, sixth round pick or better. And by the way, that's worked out. Last year, I was like, just take Joe Burrow. Uh, this year, I'm like, Burrow, Lawrence. You know, I love the guys, Mahomes fits, win from the pocket, give me a chance to throw 30, keep in your back pocket two or three, four rushing touchdowns. That's what I like. So I'm not in the fields. I think he gets hit too much. And Lamar, too. I had a conversation a week ago with Rich Gannon, and he agrees with my assessment that there's a residual effect of these quarterbacks running around. So I'm out on the cheat code, guys. Adam, any thoughts? Uh, last year I had Justin Fields as a quarterback on one of my teams, and I really loved I mean, he was so exciting to watch. Cheap pick, though. Right. Cheap pick. Now you got to take him at, like, 40. But that, that's, the whole, that's the whole thing. It's all about value. It's all about value. Where is the guy of value? Like, if Lamar Jackson is sitting there at, I don't know, 48, and I come up, and my first two picks, I'm, I had a running back and a wide receiver and a six. Like, I'm okay with that. 
I don't, yeah. I don't mind rolling the dice on a guy, but it depends. I'm not going to reach on one of those guys. How about Kyler Murray, by the way, speaking of cheat code? Like, that I'll do. Like, because, you know, maybe you can't use them. I won't. You will? No. Oh, okay. Out. I'm out. All right. I mean, there is some upside, but yeah, I guess. No, 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 no. You know what? And again, I might be wrong. I, I just think that by the time he's ready to come back, maybe week three, four, five, six, eight, whatever it is, is their record good enough that they're going to play him? I don't know. Like, right. to me, there's a scenario where – Oh, the He's number one pick. Uh, there we go. There we go. Yeah, okay. There, there, there we go. There we go. There it is. Well, do you have anything for me, Adam? I mean, you know, I'm happy to. I will have plenty more for you, but I, okay. I've got a fancy football marathon to get ready for. I've got a draft to prep for. We're going to be comparing notes, okay? This yeah. is a constantly evolving science, as you know. Of course. Well, Adam, we really appreciate your time here. I'm glad we were able to squeeze this in here, a little, doing a little multitasking. Say thank you to your, your driver for us. Uh, we're going to sign off here. The great Adam Schefter, good luck uh, doing the fantasy marathon. We'll be in touch. Thanks to our guy, Trey, behind the glass. Great stuff, Adam. We'll talk to you soon. John, Trey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. We'll be talking soon. Well, there it is. The great Adam Schefter of ESPN here on another edition of Hanson's Hints, make sure you keep liking and subscribing and consuming all this good content over at Fantasy Points, Fantasy Points data as well. This is how we are, you know, separate ourselves from the pack in, in many ways. When you're as old as I am, you know a lot of people and you get access to a lot of great inside information. Adam Schefter in fact, used to be my Denver Broncos correspondent over two decades ago, and we do compare notes all the time. Oftentimes, we get information that we can't necessarily use, but we bake it into the analysis. So that is another big advantage to subscribing to Fantasy Points, along with the Fantasy Points data suite as well. So we will wrap up this edition of Hanson's Hints. Again, keep liking, subscribing, and consuming these podcasts and these live streams and you're welcome. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the fantasy points podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate and review on your favorite platform and come join the roster at fantasypoints.com. points.com.